All right. So if you have your Bibles, um, as David said, we're going to be in the book of Genesis for a little bit of time. And we're going to be in Genesis 37 tonight. And so if you have your Bible, you can go ahead and turn there. Um, but let me pray for us and get our hearts right. Uh, Lord Jesus, and get my heart right. Um, Lord Jesus, I ask that you would fill this place with your spirit, that your spirit would bring about a transforming, edifying, convicting work because the truth is proclaimed, because you are lifted up, because you are exalted and you are made much of. And so, Lord, we ask that because we give you all the praise and the honor and the glory, that, God, you would be so kind to reveal yourself and your grace and your mercy from the scriptures to us. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. amen. Are you a planner? Are you a planner? Because I sure am. I am a type A planner. I have thought about, I got my three-year plan set, ready to go. I know when we're supposed to have a baby, Cherish. I know when, uh, when I'm supposed to have this amount of money set. I know what I'm supposed to do on this date or that date. And so I am a planner, but at times, at times our plan A, it just shrivels. It topples over. It fails altogether. And what do I do in that situation when my ideal has not been met? I have to move on to plan B. And so that's where we are today as we think about moving on to plan B. And so I find myself anytime I have to move from plan A to plan B or plan C even sometimes uh, that I find myself grumbling. I, I find myself frustrated and disappointed that plan A did not work out. And in the life of Joseph, we're going to see him having this experience of what I call plan B living. And you probably have experienced it yourself. Uh, and so we are going to be trying to answer questions such as how do we make sense of God in the ups and the downs of life? How do we make sense of God when things are bad and they're tough and they're rough and I want to know, Lord, how do those things work for my good and for your glory? Because when we look at the life of Joseph, we see specifically, if we go all the way to the last chapter of Genesis in Genesis 50, he says this one line to his brothers who had been disastrously horrible to him. He said, you planned evil against me. But God planned it for good to bring about the present result, the survival of many people. You see, our plan B or your plan B is most likely many times God's plan A. And all the pain and the frustration and the disappointment is being used to mold you and shape you and grow you for the ultimate purposes of God. Because this life that we're living is not just ours. It belongs first and foremost to God. And so this is the theology of plan B. So I want us to have a, a quick story time. I want to give you a, a brief overview of 36 verses, okay? Uh, and so that's a lot of verses, and we're not even going to get to touch half of them. Uh, but 
Genesis 37 is really split by scholars into two units. It's split into unit one, which is verses two through 11. Uh, and then it's split into unit two, which is verses 12 through 36. So quickly, unit one, which is verses two through 11, Joseph, we find Joseph at the age of 17. He's a teenager and he goes out to tend sheep with his brothers. He goes out to tend sheep with his 11 other brothers. Then Joseph has two dreams, not one dream, but he has two dreams. And they're kind of interesting. And we're going to dive more and pick through that in a little bit. But then we find out that both dreams are rejected as nonsense by his family. And then lastly, we see that there is hatred that is bubbled up in the hearts of his brothers towards him. Then in unit two, verses 12 through 36, the brothers' hatred and their jealousy morphs into uh, hostility. So they begin to take action on their emotions. And Joseph then journeys from the Hebron, Hebron Valley, which is his home, to Shechem uh, and to Dothan to find his brothers. And as they see, as the brothers see uh, Joseph coming towards them, they begin to plot to kill him. And they end up throwing him in a pit that's empty of water, as the scriptures say. And then they try to trick their father into believing that an animal had mauled him and killed him. And so they bring this, this, this colored robe that had been gifted to him by his dad to him that was full of goat's blood and try to deceive Jacob and successfully deceive Jacob. And then the chapter ends, verse 36, ends with Joseph being sold off into slavery, into Potiphar's house. And Potiphar, who you'll hear more about next week, uh, is uh, the captain of the Egyptian pharaoh's guard. But I want us to read Genesis chapter 37, verses 1 through 11. And it reads like this, and so bear with me because this is a little lengthy. Jacob lived in the land where his father had stayed, the land of Canaan. And these are the family records of Jacob. At 17 years of age, Joseph tended sheep with his brothers. The young man was working with the sons of Bilhah and Zilpah, his father's wives, and he brought a bad report about them to their father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than his other sons because Joseph was a son born to him in his old age and he made a robe of many colors for him. And when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not bring themselves to speak peaceably to him. Then Joseph had a dream when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. There we were binding sheaves of grain in the field and suddenly my sheaf stood up and your sheaves gathered around it and bowed down to my sheaf. Are you really going to reign over us? His brothers asked him, are you really going to rule us? So they hated him even more because of his dream and what he had said. Verse nine, then he had another dream and told it to his brothers. Look, he said, I had another dream. And this time the sun, moon, and 11 stars were bowing down to me. 
And he told his father and brothers and his father rebuked him. What kind of dream is this that you have had? He said, am I and your mother and your brothers really going to come and bow down to the ground before you? And his brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. I really wish that we could sit for a long time on that very last line that his father kept the matter in mind. But we're going to try to move quickly through this. So Joseph is experiencing plan B living because he is hated. He is despised and there is hostility against him. And so I'll have two encouragements from verses 2 through 11 for you. And it's this idea that God specializes in working in plan B situations. That God specializes in working in plan B situations. So when we get to verse 2, it says that Joseph is sent to be with his brothers. And so I want to give you a little bit of a a view into the family dynamic of Joseph. Joseph is the 11th son of 12 sons to Jacob. And the scripture says in verse two that the young man was working with the sons of Bilhah, Zilpah, and his father's wives. Now, Jacob, uh, Jacob had created a quite an interesting blended family uh, is the best way I can think to say it because he had Bilhah, who he had two sons by. He had Zilpah, who he had two sons by. He had Leah, who he had six sons by. And he had Rachel, who he had two sons by. And Bilhah and Zilpah were actually the handmaids, the servants of Rachel and Leah, his wives. Now, if you know the story, I won't get into it much, but Leah and Rachel became the wives of Jacob through some convoluted situation. Uh, and they had an interesting father named Laban. But Rachel was Jacob's favorite wife. And so uh, I, I want to list out the names of these sons. So Bilhah had Dan and Naphtali. Zilpah was the mother of Gad and Asher. Leah had Judah and Reuben and Issachar, Levi, Simeon, Simeon and Zebulon. And then Rachel gave him Joseph and Benjamin. Needless to say, this was a complicated family dynamic, right? It was some messed up situations uh, happening here. And, but what we see in verse 3 is that Israel, also known as Jacob, that he loved Joseph more than his other sons. He loved him so much that he bestowed upon him this special coat, this special robe that was multicolored and beautiful and fine arrayed. And so he had, Joseph had unmerited favor. But because of this favor that he had, he ended up having to live a plan B lifestyle because of the hatred that his brothers had for him. And so the encouragement that I have for you is that God specializes in working out complex situations in your plan B living. God 
works out complex situations. I don't know if you, if anybody, has had a complex situation. I can think of several complex situations in my life that included family, that included relationships and friendships, and they all needed the power of God to be visited upon them. And so this hatred that Joseph uh, was experiencing from his brothers because it was rooted in jealousy, he needed God to fix that thing and make that thing right and change it and turn it around. But I'll tell you in verse 37, in chapter 37, that does not happen. In fact, uh, what happens is that Joseph ends up being sold off into slavery and his plan B living continues. So we won't even get into that. Verse five says after or then Joseph had a dream. Now, I want us to pause there. I underlined that in my own Bible that Joseph had this dream. He had this divine download from God. There was something special about Joseph. I don't know. Or was it just God being gracious? I probably want to lean on the fact that God is being gracious to give Joseph this dream. And he gives them this dream, which we, his brothers, don't know, but it's a reflection of the future. And so he gives them this dream. And in this dream, uh, the brothers are bowing down to Joseph. And so the brothers who already hate him because they're jealous of him have more hatred in their heart. In fact, verse 8 says, so they hated him even more because of his dream and what he had said. Three times in a few verses, we see the word hated being used to describe how the brothers were connecting or how they felt about Joseph. But I wonder about Joseph's motives. I wonder about his motive for sharing this dream, because if you went all the way back to verse number two, there's this little sentence part in the part of the sentence that says that Joseph brought a bad report about the brothers to their father. It almost makes me think that Joseph is this little 17 year old uh, pick fun at his brothers because he already knows that he's the favorite. Right. He already knows that he's the one that has the most love. And so uh, it makes me wonder that why would he share this dream when he knows that these people, that his brothers already hate him. Right. And so is he just trying to lord over them his specialness? Right. Uh, and so what he does is when he shares this dream, his brothers only get more frustrated. And this time they get frustrated, not because of only jealousy, but because of a perceived sense of a loss of power, that they're going to lose power, that they are not going to be the ones that are going to be in control, but that this brother, this snotty nose brother, Joseph, is going to be the one who is in control over them. But then if you move on to verse number nine, it says, then he had yet another dream. Now, this dream was very similar in picture to the first dream, uh, but a little different. But the message was the same. The same message was that Joseph would be the one who would provide leadership and uh, not mentorship, but leadership to uh, these brothers of his and to his family. And so this time, though, his father rebukes them, rebukes him and says to him, do you really believe? Do you really think that 
your mom and myself and your brothers are going to bow down and be ruled by you? And the scriptures doesn't tell us anything, but it doesn't tell us if he ever answers. Uh, because I wonder if he's so bold enough and so full of himself enough that he would answer. But the scripture doesn't, doesn't say anything, so I'm speculating a bit. But in this, we see that God specializes in speaking if you'll listen when you're having a plan B experience. That God specializes in speaking if you listen when you're having a plan B experience. And so remember, his plan B experience was that he was hated and that there was hostility towards him, but God was speaking to him. And so in your plan B situations and circumstances, I want to encourage you the way that God may speak to you. He may speak to you in a dream. He may speak to you in a vision. That would be amazing. But many times the, the faithful way that we know that the Lord speaks is through his word. And so I want to encourage you that if you don't already have a time where you get into the word of God on a daily and regular and consistent basis, that you would do that, that you would maybe pull up the YouVersion Bible app and get you a plan that you can commit to and hear from the Lord in your plan B situations because God downloaded a divine download for Joseph and he can do the same for you. Now, that last unit, unit two, verses 12 through 36, we see that the hatred of the brothers is turned into hostility. He gets thrown into a pit and his robe is stripped off of him and he is left for dead. But there is this kind brother of his who stands up for him just a little bit, Judah, uh, and it says in verse 26 that Judah said to his brothers, what do we gain if we kill our brother and cover up his blood? Come on, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay a hand on him for he is our brother, our own flesh. And his brothers agreed. There's some grace for poor Joseph. And so they sell him into slavery, into Egypt. And this is just the beginning of his plan B living. But Today, I want to encourage you as I begin to end that I want you to hold on in your own situations, in your own frustrations, in your own disappointments. I want you to hold on because God sees your pain. I want you to hold on because God sees your frustration. I want you to hold on because God sees your disappointments. He sees your heartache. He sees your tears and he sees your despair. And much like Joseph, who finds himself being sold off into slavery, he had all of that. He had pain, he had frustration, he had disappointment, heartache, tears, and despair. But yet, I want to encourage you, and I don't know if Joseph knew this, but we can know this, that God sees. And not only does God see your situation, but through Jesus' living, his coming in the flesh, that God knows and fully understands every emotion and every frustration we have in this broken, broken world where we live out a plan B experience. I want to invite the band up as we get ready to prepare for communion. See, as we go to the communion table tonight, I want you to remember that your plan B experience 
God invites you to commune with him. He invites you to sup with him. Not because you've been good. Not because you've been so righteous. But because he is good. Because he is righteous. Because he is loving. And so tonight as we get ready to go into communion... The communion cups are behind you, and so in a second, you, I will release you to, to go back and grab one and come back to your seat and to hold them until you're instructed. And I want to pray for us, and then uh, you can go at your leisure to grab a cup. God, we ask that you would see us in our plan B situations. God, we thank you that you specialize in working out the complex situations of our lives. God, we thank you that you specialize in speaking to us even when everything has fallen apart. Even when we got haters, Lord, you are for us. We are your children and we can trust in you. Right, you may go back to the back, uh, starting from the back row onto each front row, moving forward, and grab a cup for communion. <laughs>